I think authenticity is really important. There's always copycats. I don't have the patience. People can see through all that shit pretty easily. I didn't feel great about doing that. I'm a bunch of contradictions. How is he seeing these photos? <laughs> Stupid for everybody involved. I definitely hold back. Everybody's a marketer because they know how to sign up on Instagram. It's so uncomfortable to watch. Hello, and welcome to the Live, Work, Love podcast. This is Jeff and Coral. We are a creative couple living on the central coast of California, exploring life, work, and love. In this episode, we discuss Instagram, Facebook, my extreme awkwardness in front of a camera, marketing, and staying original in a sea of mediocrity. We hope that you enjoy it, and if you have any questions or comments, please send us a direct message on our Instagram, which is at Viva Paso. So now that we've actually started, and we know we've had at least two people listen. We've I'm had kidding. a lot more than two people. Okay. we got a couple listeners. <laughs> so how do you feel about having a podcast? Oh, I think it's more fun than I expected, for one. And two, it's been really interesting to get feedback from people, and it's been positive feedback, so that's extra fun. Yeah, that is fun. Any yeah. negative feedback they've just kept to themselves? <laughs> so far. So far. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Moving right along, this week we're going to talk about social media and originality versus playing it safe. Yeah. Let's do social media first. <laughs> okay. So, what is your relationship with social media? Meaning, what forms of it are you taking part in right now? Okay. I feel pretty strongly about not overextending yourself on social media. Totally. And I think it's very easy to do that. And I'm a big believer in sort of concentrating your efforts into one or two specific platforms. So I pretty much just do Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so you've taken it down to one. Yeah, but I have more than one Instagram account, so... So you have a personal account? Yes. One for... Business. Business. Okay. Yeah. What's your relationship with social media? I love it. I know you do. I don't want to love it, but I also don't think I'd be participating in it very much if I wasn't trying to promote artwork to sell, because a lot of my posts are basically... You've been participating in social media for a very long time, and it's not just about the artwork. (laughs) It's all about the artwork. (laughs) Or things I think are funny, which I guess that's what it's about. Yeah. But I wouldn't be as involved, I guess. I think there's way too many things out there. And it is a full-time job just trying to keep one or two up to date. But I think when you go to a website or you go to an ad in a magazine, you'll see all these logos on the bottom. And it's just crazy. I know. It's overkill. There's, I don't know, six or seven different things and you're supposed to follow all of them. They just post the same thing on each one. So what's the point? Mostly, for the most part, yeah. I have a Pinterest account, which I don't promote or try to get followers (laughs) on. It's just for myself. It's like an inspiration board. Yeah, but even then, I'm really bad about using it. I originally... I originally started using Pinterest as like a place to kind of catalog and organize all of these photos that I save as inspiration, but then it became kind of a hassle to save the photo, then go to Pinterest and upload that photo, and then which folder does it go in, and then what do I say about this photo, and it just became tedious, and so it's easier for me to just stockpile them all in stupid folders on my desktop. <laughs> yeah, that makes <laughs> but, more sense. Yeah. If you have no interest in promoting it... I'm not why, interested in promoting why it. Why go through all the trouble of trying to share it with yeah. descriptions on why you like it or whatever? Yeah. So I do have a Pinterest that I very rarely use, 
once every couple months. And then I have had a Twitter, which I haven't used in years. I obviously had my blog, which I don't do anymore. I've tried Facebook, which doesn't agree with me. You didn't really try Facebook. Yes, I did. You hated it right away. Yeah, I'm not a Facebooker. What else have I done? Tumblr? I do Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I narrowed it down to trying to do just two. I think that's which, smart. Yeah, which would be Instagram and Facebook, but then part of me feels like Twitter's so easy to add something. It's like, well, I might as well <laughs> throw a little link on here for right. a blog I posted or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I also have a Snapchat, but only for the filters. <laughs> and I don't post it. I've never posted a picture on it. Oh, right. Or whatever you post in yeah, videos. I don't even, know. I don't I don't even know. know what you do with it. I don't know either. I just save them to my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Goofy pictures of you and yeah, Elliot. Exactly. I definitely use Facebook the most out of any of them. Yeah. I would like to use Instagram more, but I don't make enough paintings to do that. I only want to post artwork on it, and I'm just not as productive as I used to be. I don't always want to just do works in progress. I end up doing that sometimes just to make a post, but I don't think they're as interesting as everyone thinks they are. I have a question. What do you get out of social media? Oh, that's good. Like the whole purpose of doing it? Yeah. Well... It's a really easy way to get things out there and it's to a group of people that want to see your stuff because they're following you. If I'm using it to sell artwork and I think of each post as kind of an ad for this particular painting, I'm going to get way more response from that than if I put a ad in a magazine or something where you're, all your efforts are going to people that don't care about you. Right. And also there's an immediate interaction and you can see what the responses are. Whereas if someone's flipping through a magazine, you're not going to know oh, what yeah. they thought or totally. the face that they made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, I do too. I don't get too many likes or comments, but that's probably because I don't interact as much as mm -hmm. I should. But that's where it becomes a full-time job and it just it can get really overwhelming and crazy. Yeah. What do you get out of social media? I get to clear some photos out of my phone <laughs> without <laughs> losing them. And I get to share things with my friends and family. And that was sort of the whole reason I started posting anything online because I was far away from them. Oh, right. So that was sort of my segue into social media. It was to share with friends and family that are far away. And then I just kind of started adding people that <laughs> were viewing it. So. Oh, right. You were on Instagram pretty early. I think. Oh my gosh, yeah. In, in the beginning it was really, I guess, people kind of sharing snapshots with their phone. And then it, of course, it only took a matter of time before businesses saw the opportunity yeah. and it became a whole different kind of industry, I guess. I've been on Instagram for six years and this is super embarrassing, but actually... Oh, I love it already. <laughs> <laughs> for the first probably 10 months that I was on it, I didn't realize how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, weren't you just looking at people's no, Instagrams? No, not at all. I didn't look at anyone's pictures because I didn't want to interact with anybody. I, I really thought that it was just a photo editing app. <laughs> oh, for the filters? For the filters. <laughs> so, so you didn't realize you were sharing photos? I didn't realize that I was sharing photos at all for a long time. But that was also because I didn't spend a lot of time. Like I'd post something, put a filter on it, and it would save to my phone. So oh, right. <laughs> I was under the impression that that was just... A way to edit your photo <laughs> really so quickly yeah I didn't know that and then your friend Jason he started interacting with me on Instagram and I was like how does he know that I'm on here <laughs> and 
how is he seeing these photos? Oh my gosh. And he was the reason that I understood Instagram after oh, 10 hilarious. months of being on it. That's really funny. Yeah. And then Adriana, she was the other reason. Oh, she started hilarious. interacting with me really early on. So those two people <laughs> taught me how to use Instagram They didn't even know the impact they had. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That was kind of when you were on bed rest, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Just nothing but time on your hands. To... Yeah. Time to not learn how to use an app. <laughs> yeah. So at what point did you start using it for business stuff? Oh, business stuff? Um, I started using it for work for other people, not for myself, because I was doing marketing and social media for other people. As soon as I realized that Instagram was a social media platform and not a photo <laughs> editor, I started using it for how it was intended to be used and started an account for, you know... Businesses? Businesses, yeah. Do you feel like Instagram got room when businesses got involved? No, not at all. I mean, it goes back to the marketing to specific people. It's I actually like, think it's that It's not it, ads being thrown in your face. No, I actually think it's... It's nice when businesses and people start taking it more seriously because it sort of ups the ante and the quality of the photos was better and I like curated pages a lot so I love being able to click on someone's page and sort of know the aesthetic to expect if I'm following them. Oh right. I don't want to follow someone or I guess it sounds super mean and sassy but I don't like following pages that are just totally random and throw oh, right. you know something in that doesn't quite fit in with all the rest of their photos. Right. I really love Instagram because I like seeing very pleasant things that are nice <laughs> and right. I don't know, that convey some sort of an aesthetic that's pleasing to me and so that's who I follow. Right. So who are some of your favorite people to follow or brands to follow? Brands to follow? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you some of my favorite Instagrammers. Okay. It's a couple called Harkin and it's H-A-A- R-K-O-N, and they're on a global expedition to document really beautiful greenhouses. Cool. I am obsessed with that page. I love it so much. And I love, 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 and have loved for so many years Kimberly Gordon, who was one of the founders of Wild Fox. Oh, yeah. And Hers her page is We Dream of Ice Cream, and she also has We Dream of Sunscreen, which is <laughs> kind of like her beachy version of We Dream of Ice Cream. I started reading her blog a long, long time ago, probably like 2009 or something, and then she started an Instagram a couple years later, and she's super consistent, which I really appreciate, and I just really enjoy everything that she posts, pretty much. So will you stop following somebody if they don't <clears throat> post in a couple weeks? No. <laughs> you won't no. stop following them, but when they're consistent, you like it? I mean consistent in the... I can see a photo come up in my feed and I immediately recognize oh, who it's by or right. who, who it's posted by. And yeah, that's always nice. It makes sense in their feed. That's the kind of consistency that I'm really after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate if someone's really discerning and, you know, maybe they post like once a week or a couple times a month and I'm totally okay with that as long as it's really good quality yeah. content. I care more about the content than the frequency. That's good. So with our Instagram for our shop, you get a lot of compliments about that. Specifically, what are you talking about? Well, you said someone came in today that does marketing. A couple days ago. A couple days yeah. ago. So what was that story? 
someone came in and said that they did marketing in the area and they asked about our Instagram page. Basically wanted sort of a an outline of how and why we post the way we post. Oh, right. And this was a person that's getting paid to do marketing. Yeah. Well, they were surprised that we did it ourselves, but I have a background in <laughs> doing that. So right. that's part of it. And she wanted to know... What did I tell you? What were her questions? Oh, she asked, what was our philosophy (laughs) about the Instagram page or our account? And I don't think I really have a philosophy. I like that it's consistent with, you know, if you enjoy our Instagram feed, you're very likely to enjoy our store also because they're they're really sort of... um, It's the same... There's not a big disparity between our Instagram account and our store. And the things that inspire me to post something on Instagram also inspire me to, you know curate the store so i like that those are consistent oh yeah we had a really good yelp review I'll, I'll find it and read it well i i don't have a really hard and fast philosophy about our instagram page i take it seriously but i'm not super rigid about what we're posting i guess i feel like if people are trying to make a good instagram it's probably not that hard just to copy ones that you like yeah as far as you know there's kind of a color palette that you can see people stick to yeah we definitely have palettes that we i i guess that's an important thing to mention whatever palette is inspiring me or interesting to me at a given time you can kind of see that in our feed and i try to segue into new palettes instead of just you know, oh, I'm posting all pink this week, or I'm now right. I'm gonna post all black and white, or I don't know. I definitely try to make it gentle transition-wise. Yeah, there's people that have definitely come in and complimented it, and people have come in from far away just based on our Instagram, and this That's was before true. we had pictures of our store. Yeah. So based on the Instagram photos, it was enough to get them in, and then they liked it. So here's what this review on Yelp was that I thought was awesome. Just as amazing as Instagram makes it look. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I think something that I've learned from doing social media for work was that it's really important to not bombard people with product placement and... Oh, like, buy this, buy this. I don't want to be promotional all the time. I've told other people this, too. It's fun for me as someone on Instagram, or, you know, whether it's Instagram or not, it's fun for me to see... I follow blogs, you know, that businesses and stores do too, and I I feel the same way about those, but I like seeing promotional posts that appeal to me, but also feathered in with inspirational posts or backstory or some sort of provenance about the store itself or the people involved or the products that they carry or even just what's interesting to them. So I try to do that with ours too. Yeah, I feel that's where people make a big mistake, is they think all marketing materials have to be about buying stuff, but really it's about sharing an aesthetic or, I don't know, just your interests in stuff. I mean, that's why people would come into our shop just based on our photos, and there was no product photos at the time. Right. It's like, oh, if you like this kind of architecture... Yeah, exactly. You know, which has nothing to do with our store, but it's a style we're into, and it kind of somehow shows itself when you come in that makes any sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's it's also authentic and I think authenticity is really important and I think that's part of what makes it easy to have an account that looks super curated but is also kind of natural and casual and it's because behind that account is an authenticity and behind that aesthetic is an authenticity it's not just contrived 
to make an appealing Instagram account or a feed that looks perfect. It's like the things that are in our shop are also in our home and the things that are in our environment are also on our Instagram page. And whether that's a rug that we use and enjoy or toothpaste that we <laughs> like right. or architecture that we love or a plant that, you know, is really cool. I think that authenticity is really important. And I think once you start getting too contrived about it and too sort of rigid, you lose the authenticity and it shows and it hurts that medium as kind of an art form. So yeah, I think that's where hiring a marketer could really ruin it for you. Exactly. Yeah. They don't have your personality. Yeah. They have an agenda to get followers or sales or something. Yeah. It's not always a good Instagram feed. No, I think you can definitely feel when the authenticity is missing and it's not yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> People can see through all that shit pretty easily these I days. Think so. It's hard to get fooled. Yeah, but also marketing is savvy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good marketer. Yeah. But I feel like marketing is at the point where everybody is a photographer now because they have phones in their pockets and exactly. everybody's a marketer because they know how to sign up on Instagram. Yeah. So not a lot of people come to the table with 20 years of experience behind them. Yeah. So that's definitely helped us. Combined experience. I wonder how many years that is. Too many. Don't say it. <laughs> Too many years. So your only activity on Facebook is when you share an Instagram picture <laughs> to our Facebook page. I've seen our Facebook page a couple of times, <laughs> yeah. but I've never gone on it to post anything or interact with someone. So yeah. So to take it back to the original question of relationship with social media, I think we covered that pretty well. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. Tell me about using YouTube. I recently became obsessed with YouTube. <laughs> It's not recent. I'm pretty obsessed with YouTube and it's really fun to put videos out there. And I think that there's something about the human condition where we just, we like video. I think it's more effective than reading something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take any energy to watch. And I've had fun learning how to edit video. So I kind of like that. Earlier in the year, I made a goal to make one video a week for three months. Right. And it kind of forced me to get more comfortable in front of a camera, which is fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's still not that comfortable. I think it shows, but I'm trying. You're so much better now Am than I? you were oh, that's a few good. years ago. And I don't know why I feel I need to be comfortable in front of a camera. It's just a personal kind of thing I well, want to be good at for some reason. I don't even think it... I don't know how to explain what happens to you when a camera <laughs> comes on, but it's like someone hits a switch and you're no longer yourself <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable to watch. But you've gotten a lot better. I think I'm just... I have a problem with being overly self-aware. Maybe. I feel... I don't know. Like you're going to be scrutinized or people see you in I a different way. I have a really way. hard time believing why. that that's the issue behind it because you basically wear the same thing every single day and you sort of pride yourself on the fact that you don't care what anyone thinks of you <laughs> and... Is that bunch, the I'm one? A, I'm a bunch of contradictions, I guess. <laughs> I feel like that's the exception. <laughs> YouTube is the exception for you. <laughs> I'm just very uncomfortable in front of the camera. But I think doing the one video a week goal really helped out. I do too. I think that changed a lot. Yeah. Your voice stopped changing <laughs> when the camera came on. Yeah, and totally talked different. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm doing that just knowing we're recording our conversation. I feel like I am. You're not. I feel like I am. Drink more Kahlua. <laughs> <laughs>
I think one thing that's really cool about video is how effective it can be. Mm -hmm. There was that one day I made a really quick video of just these new beach towels with my artwork on them. Right. And I think I sold two of them within the first day and a half of posting the video. If I just posted a picture of that on my blog or on Facebook, I don't think it would have had the same reaction. Oh, and the, the cactus vases that we yeah. did a video of. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, there's just something about it that gets the word out really fast and effectively. So if you're looking into what social media things to do, yeah. definitely do videos. And they don't even have to be super polished and fancy and they could all be done with your iPhone. Yeah. You can use iMovie, which comes on your phone, and it can just be a 30 second or 60 second thing and can be really effective. So I like that. Do you like YouTube? I like watching videos on YouTube. I don't really have an interest in making <laughs> videos for YouTube. All right, I think that we probably covered social media as far as we could go. So, moving right along, let's talk about originality versus playing it safe, and specifically what we've done with our store to be original versus copying other stores or stuff like that. Okay, well I think that sort of goes back to the authenticity and not overly curating just for the purpose of having a specific look or appealing to a specific person or shopper, but really staying true to your own vision and what appeals to you personally. It's kind of like having confidence in your own taste. Yeah, definitely. One of my biggest motivations for wanting to do this store was that I wanted to shop local and support small businesses in this area, but I couldn't find the things that I wanted to have and they weren't available here. So I was ordering a lot of things online and I didn't feel great about doing that because I wanted obviously to keep my money within the community. And I figured I couldn't be the only person in this area that felt that way or was doing that and feeling guilty about it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. So that was one of the reasons. And the other was that when we moved here, I've said this before, but I wish that this store had already existed when we moved up here. And it didn't. So we made it. That's interesting what you said because somebody left a comment, I think, on Facebook or a direct message on Instagram. And there's a picture of a product they wanted, but they said, you should carry this because I want to buy it locally. Yeah. And I was just thinking... You sent us a picture of it. Yeah. You obviously can find it online and yeah. order it, but she wants to support a local business. And I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I kind of feel that same way sometimes. Well, I think it's really funny that people come in and look at our products and test them out and use them. <laughs> and oh, then, I know where this is going. And then look them up online on their phone while they're in the store to compare prices. Yeah. So we try to be pretty cognitive of our pricing and, you know, staying consistent to the MSRP and we're not trying to inflate prices at all. And that's yeah, because that's... customers are pretty savvy too, but also because I want to feel good about not yeah. overcharging people. It's crazy to me that people are looking things up online in front of us. Yeah, that's I kind of anticipated it, but I didn't realize to what degree oh, it would be done. Oh my gosh, it's so blatant to the point where they'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. There was that guy the other day that was looking at the cowhides, and he asked what kind of deal we can give him. Mm -hmm. And I said, we can't give you any deal on these. Oh, this is our deal. And he literally showed me his phone, and he's like, on Amazon, these are this much right now. Yeah. And I said, then order it on Amazon. Yeah, that's aggressive. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking well, of silly. the lady, I'm thinking of the woman that tried our goat oil, oil mm -hmm, and then looked it up online and then came in to tell us <laughs> that ours was priced less than what she found on Amazon. So that's a good example of... Yeah, 
That's crazy. I yeah. feel like even if it's just a couple dollars difference, yeah. just the immediacy of walking out with it right now, they'd rather save two bucks to get it on Amazon or something. I personally wouldn't. I love the idea of the instant gratification. Yeah, I like getting things right now. A huge part of why I really love to shop locally because I don't have the patience <laughs> to wait. Yeah, it sucks waiting. I hate waiting, and I hate paying for shipping, and I also have really specific taste, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't really need to shop around, which I think online shopping is great for, you know, comparing items from different places and prices, and I don't need to do that. When I know what I want, I pretty much just want Oh, it. you're not really shopping. You're yeah. not. You're not wandering and shopping, you're just, I'm not here's what I want to buy, yeah. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I am. You know, I'm such a big shopper. I know. I think that the other side of that spectrum is playing it safe. And what playing it safe would have meant to me when we opened the store was... Would it be a look that you think people would be attracted to or an item that you know would sell just because... I think it's a price point, and I think that it's really easy to open a store full of tchotchkes or clothing or home decor or whatever it is at a really specific price point that's just outrageously affordable but maybe lacks authenticity or lacks originality or lacks quality. And I don't want to sell anything that I don't feel good about selling and passing on to someone. And you wouldn't use yourself. And I wouldn't use myself, exactly. Some people come into the store and they kind of scoff at some of the pricing. So playing it safe to me would have been, everything's made in China and it's super cheap and it might fall apart in six months, but you or can two afford to replace it. Yeah. And I wouldn't have felt good about doing that, but we wouldn't have expended as much as an investment if that was our intention. So it's kind of risky to be yeah, original. Yeah, it's risky to be original, definitely. And you have to... Definitely have to have confidence. You have to believe there's like-minded people in your area or passing through that are going to appreciate what you're doing. And yeah. there are, thankfully. I think that the response has been so amazing. Yeah. And people are so excited to see these things. And for the most part, it's just been really enthusiastic people. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. What about originality in comparison to surrounding shops? Has that been hard to accomplish? Yeah, even before we opened, we were having contention with surrounding shops that were, I don't want to use the word threatened, but kind of on guard about what we were going to do and whether or not we'd be stepping on their, stepping toes. On their toes or overlapping their inventory and that sort of thing. And I guess I always felt super confident about our intentions because... We've shopped at those places and know what they do. Well, the whole reason for doing it is that we couldn't find what we wanted. <laughs> oh, right. And that so, goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you have that sort of foundation for your idea, then you can't really go wrong and you can't step on anybody's toes because no one was doing what you wanted them to do. Right. Which I'm thankful for at this point. Yeah. But I appreciate those stores for what they are, and I have supported them because I like what they're doing. But, I mean, this is a conversation that you and I have had several times where, you know, I'm happy that they are doing what they're doing and they do it well, but it's not what I wanted to do, and it's not my dream store, and it's not my goal or intention to have that inventory and that, you know, style. So, good on them. Yeah. <laughs> 
One thing I think that's been kind of interesting to see is the eclectic mix of goods we have and the type of people that are, I guess, attracted to it. Because they always say you can't please everybody or... Yeah. But some people come in and say, oh, you have something for everybody in here. Yeah. I don't think you can do that on purpose, but (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean? Well, it's really funny to me when people say, oh my gosh, it's so eclectic or it's so unique. And sometimes I'm a little bit offended by that because I actually feel like I've held back a lot (laughs) (laughs) in terms of trying not to go nuts in there and not to try to, I guess, carry something that appeals to all of my whims. Because if that was the case, it would just be ridiculous. I definitely grew up in an Asian culture, so I have this like very, very, kind of straight line Asian aesthetic that in our own home (laughs) I definitely have a lot of pieces that you know you can see that that comes from but in our store which is in Central Coast wine country and in California there's really no place for that there and I grew up in a beach culture I have a ton of like I gravitate toward this sort of like beachiness too and I refuse to go there in the store I won't do anything that's remotely <laughs> nautical or beachy at oh, all. That's funny. But that's something that I fight against all the time. Really? Yeah, I definitely want to. Oh, I didn't know that. I definitely want to do that. So in my dream scenario, we would have this, and then we would have a super eclectic beachy oh, outlet funny. for my creativity <laughs> or my my whims. Yeah, and then you know, there's also like this ridiculous sort of francophile in me that wants everything to (laughs) be very Frenchy and I won't go there in the store at all because it has no place (laughs) in our store. It's pretty smart to hold back I think. I definitely hold back. Because we definitely have a Spanish theme going and kind of California going on but it's cute. It's cute and it all works because I think that, you know, just like if you're decorating your home and you happen to like florals or you happen to like modern or mid-century modern or whatever it is, you are the, well, you're sort of the common denominator in that and that if it appeals to you and it works in your brain, then it will work in your home. And I kind of feel that way about the shop and I trust myself enough to think like if it appeals to me and it works in my head, then it's going to work in the store. But I don't assume that not everything that appeals to me is going to appeal to someone else. So I do try to hone it down a little bit and kind of concentrate my efforts (laughs) by not branching out too far and by sort of letting go of my beachiness and my Asian-inspired design and my... (laughs) Yeah, we don't have any of that going on in the store. Yeah, no. I refuse to do that in there. It's just For now. For now, yeah. We'll see how long you can hold back. (laughs) No, I. this is nice. It makes it easier for me to hold back from that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We have the <laughs> Marimo balls. That's true. And I have <laughs> I have some plant stuff that, <laughs> <laughs> that will come out later that's very... Really? Yeah. The Marimo balls were like the concession that I made with myself. <laughs> Even though I'm not going to bring in antique rattan furniture or bamboo chairs or... <laughs> Japanese paintings. So glad we don't have bamboo chairs. <laughs> then I can at least have the Marimo balls because we have so many plants and they don't look super Japanese. Oh no, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. I love them. Do you want to say something about originality versus playing it safe? I would like to say something about it. Well, just to compare it to making artwork and trying to make my artwork as original as possible, there's always copycats and 
I think it's just unavoidable and it's hard to accept that sometimes. It's discouraging, I think. It's discouraging for sure. But I think as long as you're just one step ahead or not even one step, but as long as whoever is following you or copying you is always copying you, you're always going to be ahead of them. So I feel like if you're in our situation or an artist or whatever that's trying to do new things, yeah, try not to be too discouraged by the copycats. Right. They can't get ahead if they're never being original. Yeah. So I think that definitely helps us out because I feel like we're doing a good job of being original. I do too. And I also think it's really important that we're not just bringing things in or whether it's something we're selling in the store or something we're posting online. It's not just some sort of trend that we're jumping on or, you know, I oh, I just came across this thing online and I think it's super cool. It's like, I don't want to share anything with anyone. I don't want them to buy it from me and I don't want them to see it on my Instagram feed unless I've sort of tried it for myself <laughs> or have been using it for a long time or have loved it for a long time and have some sort of relationship to that product that I can stand behind and feel good about. And I think that's kind of a, a difference between what we're doing and what I've seen some other people do is that we're not just in it for the sake of having it in our store or looking cool or making money. We're also doing it because we genuinely enjoy or care about these products and feel excited to share them with people. Right. Yeah. It'd be really easy just to walk around stores and figure out what they're selling well and exactly. then thinking, oh, we should carry that. Yeah. Which would be <laughs> stupid for everybody involved. Yeah. I but wouldn't feel good about that. No, not at all. That'd be just a bad idea. I think also when you're original or you're doing something before somebody else is doing it, I feel like the authenticity shows through and people will eventually realize that somebody is not as authentic and they're getting ideas from somebody else. Or Yeah, I think you can tell and you can see the difference. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Live, Work, Love. If so, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. If you have a question or suggestion for future episodes, leave a comment on our Instagram page, at Viva Paso. You can support this podcast by visiting our store, Viva Paso in Paso Robles, California, or our online store at vivapaso.com. Thank you. Thank you.